Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Hi. <laughs> I'm giggly today, you guys. I'm so excited. I'm nervous, but mostly excited and a little bit of nervous. (laughs) There's a personal idol hero of mine on the show today. Of course, you guys know her. She's an actress, a comedian. She's, of course, known from Jerry Maguire, The Green Mile, the Beethoven movies, Cheaper by the Dozen. She had a talk show. She's had multiple sitcoms, Life with Bonnie. Oh my God, I love Life with Bonnie. You guys, I... I grew up admiring and idolizing this woman since I can remember. You guys, when I was growing up in Ohio, (laughs) sounds like I'm getting into a long story, and maybe I am. You know what? Everyone sit back, sit tight. I'm going to tell y'all a little tale, (laughs) a little tale about Danny. So when I was a young kid in Ohio, I never quite felt like I fit in. And, you know, I always used cinema and movies as a way to escape. I was obsessed with renting movies. I would rent and watch anything I could find. And there was a video store in my hometown called Video For All. And it was right next to the grocery store that my mom used to go to. So sometimes when she would go grocery shopping, I would just go into that video store and I would hunt for hours. I would just look through those aisles and I would have the time of my life. And there, when you walked in, there was always a stack of papers and it was a calendar for the month ahead. So it would tell you when uh, the movies would be released on video for that month. And after 90 days, those videos would go to the dollar section. So I would always grab that calendar at the beginning of each month, and I would go home and I would highlight all the movies that I wanted to see. And (laughs) I'm getting emotional. I'm going to, you guys, I'm, this is the start of me being emotional. I'm going to get emotional this whole time. I apologize now in advance. I apologize. I'm sorry. But so I would grab that calendar and I would highlight the movies that I wanted. And there was a handful of people that no matter what they did, I would rent. So I would get so excited when Whoopi Goldberg had a new movie out. I mean, there was a group of people that, for whatever reason, as a young kid, I was drawn to them in almost an unhealthy way. You know, like anything they did, for some reason, I would see them on screen and my little gay closeted body would just be drawn to that person. So Whoopi Goldberg, like I mentioned, uh, Jim Carrey, Rosie O'Donnell, Steve Martin, and Bonnie Hunt. Even in the smallest roles, I would want to just eat up whatever they were doing. And looking back now, I know that it's because someone like Bonnie Hunt, she makes a meal out of a snack. So she could take the tiniest little part and she could make something amazingly brilliant out of it. So even as a young kid, I I saw something in her that I, I loved. And she always had the role that I kind of dreamed I would have, you know, like I never wanted to play the lead. I wanted to play the best friend, you know, like, uh, even in Jerry Maguire, it's like, I watched that movie and I want to play the Bonnie Hunt role or the Regina King role. You know, those are the roles that I was attracted to. So I would rent these Bonnie Hunt movies and I began to follow her career. And then when I was in college, I joined this sketch comedy troupe in college and I decided to go to second city after college. So I moved to Chicago, and I started classes at the Second City. And when you walk through those doors in Old Town, you can feel the spirit of all those comedians there. And Bonnie Hunt is a legend at Second City. I mean, she's a legend in Chicago. I mean, Chicago is such a magical city. I always feel like there's magic dust in the air in Chicago. I just love it so, so much. So anyway, Bonnie is such a star there. And I uh, was working for Second City at one point. I was working the offices there. I was interning for free classes, right? And I remember they were having some anniversary event. And I had gotten really sick. I couldn't work that day. And when I came in the next day, I was told that, you know, Bonnie had shown up in the offices the day that I missed. So she was apparently there. She was performing at some anniversary thing or giving a speech or something. And I remember beating myself up. I thought, oh my God, how did I miss this? She had been someone I'd been following forever. And the fact that I couldn't see her when she was in the office I was working, I was devastated. 
cut to now, and I'm having her on the show. I'm getting to interview her. It's just a total dream come true. And she always does everything with so much integrity and intelligence. I mean, anything you watch of her, you can tell that she's making you laugh with kindness and she's not tearing people down to build herself up. And I've just always admired that level of comedy and that in her, God, I keep saying her brilliance, but I'm just so, I'm so excited, you guys. I should also mention that in between my time in Chicago years ago and now, I have gotten the opportunity to meet with Bonnie Hunt. We even met and talked about a couple of feature film comedy scripts that I wrote, which are still available, by the way, if anyone wants to buy them. (laughs) We'll talk all about that when Bonnie's out here. So before we get to Bonnie Hunt, we do have some paperwork to get out of the way. First of all, I want to thank our sponsors, Samson Technologies. Samson has been so great. They make the best audio equipment, so please go check them out, Samson Technologies. I also want to tell you to find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a new Facebook group. So if you go to Facebook, just search Everything Iconic in it's a group. It's so fun. <laughs> we're, we're having so much fun in there, you guys. And I'm going to do a giveaway too. I got these really cute housewives mugs and I got sent two sets of them. So I have four to give away. I'll be running a little contest on there soon, as soon as I can figure out the technology. <laughs> that might be a while, but <laughs> hopefully it's not too long. Please go rate and review this on iTunes if you get a chance. It's really super helpful. And if you are interested in bonus episodes of Everything Iconic, please head on over to the Patreon page. So Patreon is a great place. All you have to do is pledge $4 or more a month, and you get bonus episodes. You get Real Houses in New York recaps. It's just $4 or more per month, and that $4 helps us to make this podcast. So that's where your money's going. It's it's going to pay Whitney and and the graphics and, and the website hosting and all that good stuff. So please join the Patreon to support this podcast if you can. Uh, finally, you guys, we got to get to Bonnie. We got to get to Bonnie. I know we're not doing housewife stuff this week. I might try to ask Bonnie some housewives questions because she used to have Nini and Kim on her talk show. So we'll try to slip that in. Without further ado, again, I apologize. I'm a little excited, a little nervous. So please bear with me if I'm, if I'm freaking out. <laughs> and I apologize now if I cry. I'm going to try not to cry. But no, no promises. No promises. So without further ado, here's Bonnie Hunt. Ah! Oh my god, I'm so excited. Gold. All right, guys, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm going to probably cry. I'm sweating through my shirt. I'm here with queen legend icon, television star, movie star. Oh my god, talk show extraordinaire. The true star of the Jumanji franchise. Oh, thanks, Danny. Bonnie Hunt, how are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm thrilled. Now, I want to tell the what story about how I met you. What type of mattress is this? <laughs> it's a Sealy. Oh, yeah, yeah it's no, a Sealy. Nice. Tempur-Pedic. So when I met you, I got to tell the story really quick. Mm-hmm. I was going on vacation with some friends to wine country. There was like eight of us. We were on a plane to Oakland, California. We got off the plane, and my friend Amy, she calls me aside. She's like, Danny, can you come here for a minute? I need to tell you something. It was like very serious. I was so stressed. I thought like something happened to the house, like someone in Amy's family, something happened. And she's like, I just want to tell you, Bonnie Hunt's going to be staying there for the weekend. And I don't want you to embarrass yourself. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I'm like freaking out inside. So then we get to the house and you were there and I like tried to play cool. We went to a dinner that night and you were seated at the table with me. And I had just moved from Chicago to in Chicago, you were like, the most famous person in the world. Like, like you are Gotta just be famous someplace. <laughs> but so I sat down and we were, it was like a wine pairing. So right. it was like, they kept yep. bringing out a, another glass of wine with the food. You were the only one who had a straw though. <laughs> oh, I'm in heaven right now. I'm in heaven. So we, we got a little drunk. We went back to the house. We drank a little bit more and I finally got the courage to like ask you all the questions. I like was dying to ask you the whole day. And we took a bunch of pictures. The next morning, I had that feeling like, what did I say or do to Bonnie Hunt? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I was so worried that morning. I was like, did I embarrass myself? Like, what did I do? And then I go to the kitchen, and you're like, Danny, can I get you some coffee? And I was like, I'm officially in heaven. It was like <laughs> the best thing in the world. And you couldn't have been sweeter. You like entertained all my stupid questions, which you're going to do again. No, they weren't. St- it's so nice when somebody is a sincere fan and yeah. and of your caliber Danny cuz you are so <laughs> talented oh, and thank you. it's just nice. Well, I also have a Jerry Maguire DVD that I want you to sign. Wow. But <laughs> um, 
You are just the sweetest. And I want you to sign Tom Cruise's name, but still. I have talked about Tom Cruise a lot on the show because I have a crush on him and people give me crap about it because I think he's still very sexy. Oh, he's very charismatic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I I still want to get him on this mattress. (laughs) I was here first, Tom. I should also mention that you were so sweet. A couple years after that first meeting, you like read some of my scripts and you not only gave me notes, but you took me to breakfast and you were just so, I'm going to cry again. Danny, you're so <laughs> worth every second. Oh, but I can't. You're so talented. And Thank this is you. just the beginning for you. And that's what's so exciting for me is to meet somebody who has all this ability and talent and you just have all the personality, everything. You have everything going for you. And I can't wait to see where it all leads. I'm going to cry about I hope any way I can help, I, I will. Oh, you were the sweetest. Let me go get to your resume really quick. Okay. So we've returned to me, which you wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire, which is one of my favorite movies, and you improvise the line. You say, don't cry at the beginning of the day, cry at the end of the day like I do. That is the first time I have ever seen him kiss a man just like a dad. Don't cry at the beginning of a date. Yeah, Cry at the end like I do. Yes, because the line was, don't cry at the beginning of a date. And And then I added, cry cry at the end of the date like I do. It's so brilliant. Excuse me. Your nieces are here. <laughs> My apologies. Well, you, let's mention they're they're 19 and 17. They're yeah. not like, yeah, five. Um, oh my God. I'm like so nervous, Whitney. She, Whitney's been here for me to inter- interview like reality TV stars and I'm fine, but now I'm like sweating. Um, cheaper by the dozen one, cheaper by the dozen two. You do a lot of Disney movies, Zootopia, Toy Story 3. We're doing Toy, Toy Story, Story 4, 4 right it now. Be? It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And Bo Peep is back or something? Bo Peep is back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Mile, Jumanji. Did they ask you to do the Jumanji reboot? No. Why not? I don't know. It's so emotional for me, Jumanji. Yeah. I'm glad they did one and it was great. And it was so many talented people were involved. I thought they're probably going to do a great job. Um, but Robin, you know, is such a special, dear, one of my best friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You guys a special were so time. great in that movie. We We had a long history together. I mean, my nieces will tell you they grew up like he's like an uncle to, I mean, they just, he's part of our family and yeah. You know, it's just a special time. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to not only be friends, most importantly, but to do that film together is nice because it's a part of people's childhoods. And I love that. Yeah. You know, he's one of those people I feel like you can look at and see his genius so clearly. It's Mm -hmm. like that. It's like a special kind of person that he was. Yeah. Robin and Jonathan Winters, two of my dearest friends. My first sitcom, I played Jonathan Winters' daughter. Mm. And that was just like the biggest thrill because it was the original version kind of of Robin Williams with the, I mean, well, there's, they're, they're both complete individuals and unique. You know, something I read on the internet, I don't know if this is true, but were you working on a Mrs. Doubtfire 2 at one point? I did. I wrote the sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire so 2. what was it about? What, what was would the, it have been about? Well, that's very complicated. It was a big task to take on, but Robin, I always felt like Robin really didn't was heart wasn't in doing it, but um, before it was even written. Mm-hmm. But we wrote it. I mean, it was it was a something that I did for him, and was happy to do. But it was a big task because it was already done so brilliantly, yeah. so well, so perfectly. Yeah. You know why mess with it? So we just kind of explored and heightened that and writing the sequel. But he his, you know, Robin was already dealing with some stuff, and um, you know, life got difficult for him and hard. But he. Uh, stayed so graceful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still write now? Yes. Yeah. What yeah. do you? What kind of stuff do you? Just do pitched you four now? new shows <sighs> this morning. Oh my god, that's exciting. Yes. Well, so. you know, I've been telling you, we need you back on screen. Like, we need, and you're going to be on a Showtime show. Right. I did Escape uh, at Dunamora with Ben Stiller, the prison drama with Benicio del Toro, Patricia Arquette, Paul Dano, and myself, and. Uh, it's a 10-episode limited series about the real story of this escape in upstate New York. So that was a drama. I'm and so excited for to see you back mm-hmm. on screen and in a drama. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the right stuff. And I get sent stuff. I'm very fortunate that people are still interested. But uh, I did take some years off because I went home. My sister's husband had a brain tumor. So I was uh, you know, working as a caregiver and... You know, I was a nurse originally. Yeah, before so. all this, you were a nurse. Right. And still a nurse. I still do yeah. patient advocacy and do a lot of fundraising, but I spend a lot of time with patients still. It's a big part of my life. So with all the time off, when you do- dove back into the Showtime series, did it feel good to kind of get back on screen, on camera? 
It did. I mean, I, I'm i such a, I mean, I love storytelling. That's my favorite aspect of the business. So um, while I was, Don Lake and I were writing via Skype, so we had a lot of stuff to come back and hit the ground running with a lot of material. So we're just out pitching it now. And it's like the golden age of television. Yeah. There's so much great television. There's so much great material. Um, I'm just so excited to be back there and just back pitching and hopefully get something on the air or get sent a script that's phenomenal that I get to be a part of. Is there anything over the years that you've been sent that you turned down that either you regret turning down or that you look back and you're like, that was okay. I I didn't do that. Oh, I've turned down a lot of things. And, um, I mean, most recently what I turned, I turned down snatched the Amy Schumer, Goldie Hawn. Right. The part of like one of the, there was a part ancillary part, you know, still a character role. Um, that I think Joan Cusack or Wanda Sykes might've taken, but yeah. And I'm trying to think of what else. And, you know, I've gotten some sitcoms that are offered and it's so nice that somebody, you know, you, you're so flattered that somebody wants you and I'm always so appreciative in my heart, but it just, if it's not the right thing, I just can't do it. And I've been, you know, very fortunate. Is there It's important to be selective. Yeah. Well, and I feel like you're known for that in your career. I mean, everything you've done has been so great. And also, by the way, everything you do is elevated by your performance. You're one of the very rare people, I think, that no matter what you're doing, it's better with you in it. I think I told you this when we had breakfast. There's a scene in Cheaper by the Dozen, I think it's the first one, where you're throwing waffles to the table. And it's like, that's a Bonnie Hunt moment that like no one else in that role would do. And it just elevates that scene so much. But I was, I'm so lucky. Like when you're working with great people, you can turn to them and say, Hey guys, I'm going to Frisbee the toast to everybody. Are you guys on board? Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, yeah, you know? And, um, and I've I mean, even in Jerry Maguire, Cameron Crowe was so generous. He let me have so much input and a lot of moments that weren't, I mean, that script, that role in the script was very small yeah. and it just got bigger and bigger as the movie went on. Cause he's like, you want to be in the kitchen scene? You think you can add something? I'm like, sure. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm so lucky to be able to collaborate with such talented people. Yeah. When you were doing return to me, which is a fantastic little rom, rom-com dramedy. Um, how collaborative were you with David Duchovny and Minnie driver? Like, did you let them improvise a little bit? It depended on who it was. I mean, if they yeah. want, the, the older guys wanted to improvise a lot. Uh, you know, yeah, the group yeah. of old men that were at the yeah. table solving the world's problems. Uh, so I always say one take as written, and then as long as I have that, go for it. And that's what I always dream of as an actor that a director will give me that. Mm-hmm. But uh, like if I do something like The Green Mile, Frank Darbon didn't want a word change. So, but that's still a luxury situation because somebody has a clear vision and knows exactly what they want. And, but the freedom in return to me was everybody, we were a team. I mean, the actors and I, we were just a team. And I'm used to being, I was number six out of seven kids when I was born. I was born into a team. I was a nurse. You know, I worked in emergency medicine. That's all about teamwork and assessing and moving, thinking quickly. And Second City was all about, you know, relying on each other. So Mm -hmm. for me, in any work situation, the process to me is include everybody. I'll ask my cameraman, do you have something funny or do you think this is good? Everybody has input. I feel like the conversation of female directors, I just read something in Variety a couple weeks ago that mentioned Return to Me because it said in in the year 2000, there was 11% of the motion pictures that were widely released were directed by females and yours was one of them. And then in 2017, that number is only 18%. So they were saying they expected in the year 2000 with Return to Me that it would have grown more quickly and at a larger pace. What was your experience at that time uh, directing a studio picture as a woman? You know, it's always been, you just have to work a little harder, um, stand up a little straighter, be extremely confident, act extremely confident, because that's the only way that gives them the security that you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just cultural. It's it's unfortunate. I hope it's changing. I think it's changing. But it still happens today. I mean, I will, if you look at the history of television, mm-hmm. when I did my television series, I was really it was unusual for somebody to write and star in their own series. They, they really hadn't dealt with that yet. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying, well, what do you, wh- how can you be doing both? And I said, well, you know, Carl Reiner did both, but Carl Reiner ended up not playing the lead in his sitcom. He had to take, you know, the Dick role of Alan Brady, but he right. shot the yeah. pilot as Dick Van, the, as the lead mm-hmm. role, Rob Petrie. But in the history of television, you look at Diane English, Linda Bloodworth Thompson, Fran Drescher, Lucille Ball, Mary Tyler Moore, mm-hmm. Carol Burnett, 
Roseanne Barr, they all had their husbands mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. show, producing the show. Wow. So when I came along, I was all by myself. Um, I wrote the show. I sold this series called The Building to CBS. And I give them a lot of credit for doing that. But they, they read the script. They still didn't buy it. I said, how about if I do it as a play? Uh-huh. So myself, Mike Haggerty, George Clooney, we the group of us did it as a play in the basement at CBS. And Jeff Skansky bought it after he saw it on its feet. Wow. And then he said, you have to go get a partner to produce it with you. And I met with Gary David Goldberg, who I loved and adored. Mm-hmm. And he said, you don't need anybody. You mm-hmm. know exactly what you're doing. Just tell them you're going to go and do it. And um, they still said no. And I had sent the pilot that we shot to Letterman. So Letterman saw the pilot and said, he you know, if you want it, me to right? come on as mm-hmm. a producer and titular, I mean, just in title only. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, fine. That'll give them some, you know, they'll feel better about yeah. it. So that's what we did. But I had already sold the show and wrote, written the whole first season um, before David became involved. Do you have a favorite of your sitcom projects? I grew, I remember like being obsessed with Life with Bonnie. I mean, you probably that was, think I'm like we, grossly. No, <laughs> that was such a like, fun love show. Your work. We had but so much fun so on that good. show. And you wasn't know, Robin in the pilot of that? Robin was in one of the episodes. He played a psychic, um, a psychic chef. So you mean the animals that communicate from the afterlife, they have names like people? Well, they, Bob, the well it's, their, it's their name because you give them human names, you anthropomorphize their names because their name, like obviously in chicken, is... <laughs> because a lot of times, I, 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 this, uh, this is where I first started to communicate with the other side, first through animals. I remember I was outside going... <laughs> Why were you outside doing that? Because they didn't want me inside very much. <laughs> They didn't like me around. Yeah, because they said I was titched and that I... Titched? Titched, which is like touched, but harder. There's an extended version on YouTube where you guys are just having the most fun and it comes across and it was just so funny. We were so lucky. Tom Hanks came on to do this Mm -hmm. show. And we had everybody came on to do that show. And it was a really great atmosphere because I always try to try to shoot in real time so that we don't do retakes. If you make a mistake, you just keep going. And that energy really shows in that show. And I, I love that. Yeah. I love that live feeling. That's why I like watching The Honeymooners till this day. Yeah. It still feels live yeah. because it was. Yeah, it gives it a little extra spark or energy. It does. And people stay on their toes. Uh-huh. They're, they're in the moment. And, if the, and I love when actors are not acting. Mm-hmm. They don't, I, like a, I like a no acting zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned David Letterman. You had filled in for him in Late Night quite mm-hmm. a few times. And you're known to be one of the best villains. I mean, people loved you doing that. And then you moved to daytime. Did you ever want to do nighttime, or was the plan always daytime? Well, I was offered the Craig Kilborn slot when he left. Oh, really? Uh, yes. And so what made you decide not to do that? Um, it just the timing in my own personal life. I was going through a divorce. I just, you know, I just wasn't, I, I just wasn't in the right place to yeah. do it. To be complete, you know, when you're a talk show host, you really, you're pretty much revealed, and I just wasn't mm-hmm. ready. I was still in denial of my own identity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you're heartbroken and yeah. it's just tough and you just are scared. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't ready. So when you did daytime, it was, I, I feel like that. Did you ever see that Chris Farley sketch? Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, remember when, remember when you did that? It was so good. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. Um, but the talk show, tell me, what was your inspiration for that? I know, but what was your inspiration for like the set and the, the well, tone the you were Well, the set was a lot for? about that, the Dean Martin era, the dinosaur, and I really wanted it to be a place where guests could come on and really shine because I had the experience three times with Johnny Carson um, to experience somebody, a host who was uh, witty, uh, funny, but also always gave it up for the guest, always. Mm-hmm. And... I wanted to do that because it it was just something about celebrating somebody's talent, whether they're on a reality show or a, a drama or an actor that you loved or, you know, when I had Carol Burnett, I had Dick Van Dyke. I, I made sure I got everybody on I ever wanted to talk to yeah. in my life. And and then the people that were in current television, like the cast of Glee when their show was yeah. coming up and Modern Family, I saw the pilot. I'm like, book everybody, yeah. even though some of the people weren't even known. Yeah. And, and it's really about celebrating the talent. But the weird thing is when you're in daytime, my experience was they wanted something to happen. They wanted you to scare somebody, surprise somebody, catch them off guard, something that would go viral. And when you start interviewing to make something viral happen, it just 
was mm-hmm. so insincere for me personally. It can be sincere, I guess, but for me it wasn't. Yeah. And um, But I'm so proud of the show we did. It, it was, was so, so good. Fun. And we talk a lot about Housewives on this show. Mm-hmm. And you had you had that Lana cast on, I think, a few times. And right. you used to do Kim and Nini. You had Niecy Nash was doing Nini, yeah. and you were doing Kim Zolciak. Oh, my gosh. Kim, you really going to do me like this after all we've been through? Well, I heard you make fun of me singing. You know I suffer from hysterical blindness. It could come on at any time. Big Daddy and I had a falling out. He was discovered. And uh, it's all right, you know. Well, there's one Big Daddy, there's another one. I'll meet somebody else. I mean, the singing's going to draw people to me. La, 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 la. That's just a sample. I don't want to give you any more. Just wet your appetite. Your, your hearing appetite. Do you still watch any of the Housewives? Oh, yeah, I watch all of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bonnie, what's, tell me about it. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite housewife? Do you watch New York? Yes. It's so good. Favorite housewife. Well, here's what I'm fascinated about mm-hmm. these shows, is that the women keep signing up for the show thinking they might beat the Bravo formula. Because mm-hmm. the Bravo formula is you come on, you're the sweetheart, you're the new girl. Everybody's, oh, why aren't you understanding? And then the second season, you've ruined everyone's- You're the villain. You, yeah, you're yeah. the villain. And, you know- uh, it's it's just fascinating to me. People go on and they think they're going to beat the formula, yeah. and they don't. They don't. And then they have to stay on to kind of recoup. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. I got to come back the third season and fix my reputation and, then, and prove to my family that everything's going to be okay. Yes, and every season becomes about how they're going to guarantee that next season. So it's like they're trying to do something crazier and crazier, and they just keep heightening to the level of ridiculousness. Right. What I, was Nini and Kim like when you talked to them? Uh, were they just like completely? They were such out? characters, and Nisi Nash and I, you know, we would come up with these scenarios, but never have a script. Yeah. And we had, so, we could have done that for every day for the rest of our it, lives. We love the those one characters. where you guys were like CSI investigation. CSI and Lana wine. It's also on YouTube, and it's so funny. You guys just like put the wine on the car, oh, our wine oh glasses on top of the. It's hysterical. We, we had we had just had so much fun, and those. But the characters are bigger than life. They are made almost two dimensional on those shows, just through editing and through the way that you make the storylines stay alive. And but I'm always fascinated the new people that come on. I'm like, oh no, does she think? She, and you, they think they're going to beat the system. That's yeah. We had uh, Elliot Glazer on, and we were talking a lot about how you know there's a formula to this, and they're all a, a victim of Bravo at some point. They are, and a lot of them I know go on to have a brand and make money. It just depends on what you want out of life. And I don't know if the sacrifice is worth it for them and their families, yeah. uh, the exchange of fame and, and, and money. And I understand it's a dilemma. You know, once you get on the treadmill and you have a little money and your lifestyle starts to change, it's really hard to jump off that treadmill. And that's why, you know, I've always tried to keep it small, enjoy it all, you know, like Mm -hmm. just keep your life just a little bit smaller and then you can say yes or no to what really motivates you. Do you find that that decision to say yes or no or to be selective is in part influenced because you had a career before all of this in terms of nursing? I think probably. And, and just being in, you know, I was an oncology nurse. So being on the floor with people that are facing their own mortality and seeing, what they were watching on TV and seeing what made their heart free for a moment Mm -hmm. and to make them feel good about people and life and uh, humor. It's all so healing. And I I always took it as it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw, I saw it and I still feel it. And I still feel that importance. When we were writing Return to Me, I said, I want to write a movie that people want to crawl into. Mm-hmm. I want to live with those people. I want to be with them. And I want to feel their love and help them with their problems. That's the kind of stuff that I really love. I feel like uh, Return to Me is such a comfort food movie. It's like, a, I think of You've Got Mail in the same way, where it's like, I when I feel my most stressed or anxious or in a dark place, I could put on a movie like that and crawl into it and feel better. It's like a warm hug or you know, a bowl of soup. Or Nancy Meyers movies, your mm-hmm. movies. That's really what it's about. So... Um, I'm like blacked out. What did I want to ask you? <laughs> so what, uh, tell me about like the Disney stuff. Do you have a favorite of all the Disney movies you've done? The Pixar movies? Oh, I love them all. I mean, Bugs Life is 
such a beautiful film aesthetically. I love all the characters in it. Um, I love playing Dolly in Toy Story, um, the little doll. I mean, she's just so cute. Well, cowboy, you just jumped right in, didn't you? I'm Dolly. Uh, Woody. Woody, really? You're going to stick with that? Because uh, now's your chance to change it, new room and all. And that's, that's coming from a doll named Dolly. But they're all, for me, it's really about the process. When you're at Disney Pixar, it's this team of incredibly talented people, and the process is so joyful. And and it's always about the result. What's the audience going to feel? What are little kids going to feel? What, what We did Zootopia. What's the little girl mm-hmm. going to feel that's going to take off from her family and go to the big city? You know, the conversations are just so good that once you're at that level, it's like you just, yeah. you people ameliorate, they rise, they say, let's do better quality world. Let's do what's really touching people. It's, it's great. I mean, I'm so lucky. And you're really doing these at a, such a, people that are watching are at such an important time in their lives. I mean, I th- think of Beethoven in that way. Like I watched those Beethoven movies so much as a kid. And it's like, as a kid, you just watch things over and over again. And that's right. what these Disney Pixar movies. It's the same thing. By the way, Beethoven 2 has like one of the most beautiful ballads of all time. That Dolly Parton song. Do you even know? Oh, what I'm yeah. About? I, no, yeah. Um, she won a, I think she won an Is it uh, James Ingram? Am I making. No, I'm Dolly. trying to think of who wrote it. Was Carol. Oh, my God. That's going to drive me crazy. I know who wrote it's it. so good. She writes like, she's always winning Grammys. Diane Warren? Diane. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. There's a line mm-hmm. in it, Roll Over Beethoven, and it's like the only <laughs> ballad that could get away with that, but it's so good. Right. Um, did you notice- It's my any- wedding song, oddly enough. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but that line was in our vows. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a Charles Grodin question. I can't remember what it was. Oh, Charles Grodin. He was like way older than you. Did you have a- Did you- how much older was he than you? Well, when he we did the press, husband. when we did the press junket, yeah, the first interviewer came in and she said, "So you play the oldest daughter." Yeah, and, but if I would have had the little girl that played my daughter in the movie, I think I would have had her when I was fourteen. That infuriates me right now. Did I that remember. You? Well, I didn't realize what Hollywood. I just didn't know anything. I was a nurse. Mm-hmm. I came out because a patient and I made a deal together and we shook hands on it. And after he passed away, I, I went to Hollywood mm. and, um, I just thought, well, I'll go and fulfill this promise I made to this patient and I'll just come home and go back to my job. But I was, I went in on Beethoven to play the Patricia Heaton role mm. of the yuppies that with David Duchovny, right. but that's where I met David. And I, they said something about, well, there's going to be some rewrites. And I said, yeah, the mom could be a little bit smarter. They're like, who the hell? Like, who says that in a meeting? I didn't know. I'm from Second City. If something's better or smarter, you say it out loud. That's what the team does. I didn't know. And the, I think, yeah, Ivan Reitman was directing the first one or producing it. And he said, you know, what, what would you do? And I said, oh, I would do this and that and this. And he said, well, you're kind of young for the role. And I said, oh, well, I'm just, whoever plays it can have those lines. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't care. And then I left and then they called me back again. And they're like, maybe you should just play the mom if you'll keep expounding on the writing. I said, sure, you know, mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. write everything. I didn't know there was a writer's guild. I didn't know yeah, anything. Didn't know anything. Yeah. Oh, so but it was an education. And that's why they hired me because I explored and heightened the role and was adding to it. We talked a little bit about Tom Cruise earlier and I just saw this article about his his female leads stay the same age as he gets older. It's like every single movie there's they're 33 or something. I was considered to play Dorothy and Jerry Maguire. I know this. Oh my god, I was going to get yeah. to this. Wait, so tell me this story. So it was going to be you as the Renée Zellweger character. When I first met with Cameron Crowe... By the way, I'm like, this is like my heaven right now, talking to Bonnie Hunt about Jerry Maguire. This is literally the best. Is that one of your favorite movies? It's one of my all-time favorite, like probably top three. Like you've got Is it because of your crush on Tom? Probably. I mean, yeah, they show his backside. Yeah. Oh (laughs) my God. They show his backside. And by the way, his temperature was 98.6. I'm just kidding. Um. (laughs) It's so good though. I think it's, it's another movie that's just comfort food for me. And it's really a time, isn't it? So it's such good. a moment in time. He's never been more handsome either than in that movie. I loved him. And you know, the, I did my first movie with Tom Cruise. I did Rain Man. Rain Man, yeah. And I think Tom was so great in that movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to take credit for both of yeah, his performances. Sure. Uh, but he, he is so good in Jerry Maguire. So good. But also so Everybody is. Everybody's, Everybody's so, good. so good. Regina King steals Regina, that movie. Regina's awesome. Oh my God. Love Regina. So, so good. I love so, that but woman. But you were... You were 
were you up or you were cast as well I, I it was it's a, during a time when I was doing a series um, I think the Bonnie Hunter played a news reporter and I remember being really busy because I did all live news segments that were totally unscripted mm. even though the rest of the show was scripted I was always trying to do something different break that fourth wall you know yeah. very uh, Gary Shandling esque and um, as much as I could be and <laughs> I I remember going in reading Dorothy. With Owen Wilson was the reader. Oh my gosh, he was, he was playing reading, the Jerry Maguire. He was yeah, yes wow. Wow. for the actresses that were auditioning. Wow, that's how I first met Owen. Wow. Yes. Well, I don't think uh, twenty years from then I'd be talking about Owen Wilson's sexiness as I am Tom Cruise. But <laughs> what do you mean? He's Whitney. We could get that. I think Owen and I are both we have great bodies and cars. Um, so. <laughs> That's true. That's what you guys, you guys got to pair up. That's right. We paired up eventually. Yeah. But that's what happened. And then it went, I think, I think Robin Williams was going to play Jerry Maguire. Then Tom Hanks was going to play Jerry Maguire. And then I remember I went in and we were going to, they called me back after months had gone by and I went in and I started reading the scene and Cameron's like, oh, you you were reading it as Dorothy. I was reading Dorothy. He's like, no, no, no. You know, you would be the Laurel, the sister. And I go, oh, and he goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that, you know, somebody like your agent told you. And I said, no, no. I said, that's fine. You know, and I thought, should I do it or not? And then I thought, no, you know, the movie Dave, um, I auditioned for the Sigourney Weaver role. Mm. I bought, I said, $500 in the bank and I spent 499 on a white linen suit to go into Warner Brothers to audition for the role of Kevin Klein's wife in the movie Dave. Wow. And I, it was myself, Ann Archer, Sybil Shepherd, and Scorny Weaver in the waiting room. And one of them said, well, is there coffee for us or anything? And I said, oh, yes. And I went and got them coffee because they were like, well, well, she's obviously works here. Yeah. And I thought, damn, this linen suit was supposed to you know, make me look a little <laughs> yeah. more sophisticated. And I went and got them coffee and gave it to them. I never said anything. Yeah. I sat. And I, of course, I was the last one to go in. And I went in and I read the part. And they're like, no. And, and then Ivan called me and he, halfway through the movie. He's like, I need kind of a funny thing to happen. And what location are you? And I, well, we're going to be in the White House shooting in the White House location tomorrow. You know, could you come do something? I said, yeah, I guess so. And he goes, there is a tour guide. I go, I can make that funny. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I opened a book about the White House. I went to the library and it said, I memorized the first paragraph about White House tours. Uh-huh. Just memorize it. And I thought I'll just explore and mm-hmm. heighten that and went and shot that. And I'm and so glad I did. That movie. It was 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. But so I, when I came to Jerry Maguire, I'm like, it's still a great story. And if you can be any part of a great story, and this is to every actor, writer, mm. performer, director, anybody out there, if it's a great story, even if you can be a little part of it, you're a part of it. Yeah. And that's how I felt about Jerry Maguire. I loved the script and I loved Cameron. And yeah, I was going to do it. And then you stole the movie. <laughs> well, hardly, <laughs> but I was, it was the, the, just the best teamwork. Um, hold on, let me... Let me pull up my notes here. I got distracted by your eyes on this bed. Um, <laughs> well, it's all I'm wearing. So you've worked with so many other icons. Uh, who was the nicest to the crew? Here, I'm going to throw out some names. Tom Hanks, Marissa Tomei, you worked on. Um, Marissa and I did Only You together. Oh, she's so good, too. Four months in Italy. Renee Zellweger, Steve Martin, David Duchovny, Robert Williams. Who was the nicest to the crew? Nicest to the crew. Well, definitely it. Robin and Tom would be. Everybody's been nice to the crew, but Robin and Tom would be tied for that yeah. because, you know, I mean, it's the crew is us. Yeah. What's easier to work with dogs or kids? And cheaper by the dozen, you worked with like a It's easier kids. to work with kids because dogs, I'm so worried about them. <laughs> like kids, gonna, you can talk to yeah, and say, yeah. are you okay? Is everything, is everything okay? With dogs, they can't tell you if something's wrong. And you're always, when we did Beethoven, there were so many puppies. How I was many always dogs were in Beethoven too? A lot. Like I was yeah. worried. I was, you know, I'm, I love animals so much. They're like my heart and soul. And, and like, even when the dogs had to run down the stairs, I'm like, we have to put something on the bottom of the floor. Like, oh my God, this actress is a nightmare. <laughs> I was like, please put like little pieces of tape, like just something to slow down there so they don't like slide on the hardwood and they're like, Oh my God, like stay out of it lady. Yes. But yeah, I drove them nuts with that. Yeah. With that, that kind of, I mean, I just love animals. So tell me about like your, now that you're, you, you said you pitched a bunch of shows, what's your dream role? Like, what do you want to tackle next? I would love to be in a one hour drama mm-hmm. series. We all want that. All the gays that are listening just gasped. <laughs> they all want it. I want that because I love humor that comes from truth and heart and mm-hmm. soul. And, 
and I love to act. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love to be the ball and I love to disappear into something. And I like when the audience leans forward towards the screen instead of leaning back, like, oh my God, mm-hmm. that's too big. Wow. I like, like, oh, I got to really listen. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What do you like right now? I love Peaky Blinders. Do you watch uh, Peaky Blinders? Yes, yes. Oh, love it. So good. Oh, it's so good. Did you watch Big Little Lies at all? No. I feel like I want you in that. <laughs> really? I've, I, I oh should God, watch it. So I feel like I should it. watch it. You should. It's yeah. so fantastic. They're all great um, in it, but it's... I mean, I and I love the voice. Like, I love singing oh, yeah. shows. Anything with talent, I love... I don't, not so much America's Got Talent, but the voice I like because the first half of it is so sincere of those blind auditions, and I love the banter between the... Who's and your I, favorite judge on The Voice? Well, I, I love Adam. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the perfect man. Yeah, he's handsome. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love him. Even uh, though his arms look like he fell asleep on the newspaper. <laughs> like that. What's that, silly putty? Or yeah, peel it off. Yeah. Adam, peel the paper off. You fell asleep, honey. Oh, no, it's all over your arm. Okay, so I have a lightning round. I do this with a lot of guests. Like, they're just quick questions. You can mm-hmm. expand as much as you want, but really, I'm not going to tell you to stop talking ever. But <laughs> Okay, so Nini or Kim, if you had to pick one. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> no, I didn't say it was easy, Bonnie Hunt. <laughs> that's I think Kim has more of a sense of humor about herself. Yeah, right. Having spent time with both of them. Okay. They're both fabulous, but Kim definitely, you, she can really laugh at herself. Really? Mm-hmm. Favorite Julia Roberts movie? Uh, the Attorney. Um, what's that called? Uh, um, you're thinking, oh, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, you're thinking I was of, thinking of the other, the one where her husband's after her. Oh, the <laughs> Wait, one where she's. Why, getting, what does that have to do with the attorney? That, what is that called? Though? I don't know, but no, no, that's the one where she she's being stalked by her ex husband. Yeah, yeah, and she has to move. And she's away moving, yeah. yeah. And then he, she sees the towels are straightened, right, in the right, bathroom. Right. Oh, that's so good. I just saw that for the first time. Oh, isn't it good? Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I Aaron Brockovich scare them. is fantastic. Yes, she's great, Aaron yeah. Brockovich. Why this is, these questions? I don't know. I'm laughing now that I'm reading them. But why haven't you done? Why haven't you done a Nora Ephron movie? Have you worked with Nora Ephron before? Nora, God rest her soul, um, was major talent and was always so kind and encouraging to me. I met with her on a couple of movies. One was um, the one Rosie O'Donnell played the Sleepless. Uh, yeah, yeah, I met on Sleepless, but she took Rosie. And Rosie was really popular and well known mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but I, she was always kind to me. Yeah, and I feel like and you it guys was, would have just been the. It was so much caring. respect. I mean, yeah. I remember going to her apartment in New York and just spending hours sitting and talking. And you know, there, there, I've been so lucky along the way that people either get it or they don't. And when they get you, and you know, I feel like that about you. Like I get you, mm. and you just you're so comforted by that because you're like, I like this person, I respect them, and they believe in me, and it just keeps nudging you along, nudging you along. Because there is so much rejection. I mean, ninety percent of the time, mm-hmm. you're being rejected. Like my nieces today, when I was going into pitch, they were so sweet when I got home. They're both in their bathrooms. Like, oh, how did it go? I go well. They go, yay! They're giving me the uh, thumbs up, and they're yeah. reading my scripts before I left. And this is very good, <laughs> very good, Aunt Bonnie. And they give me great feedback. I mean, they're genius. What's your favorite Bonnie Hunt movie? Uh, it's hard. Uh, probably Jumanji. Jumanji, so yeah. good. Cheaper by the dozen. Cheaper by the dozen, yeah. yes. So good. I'll tell you, I was so upset when I saw Jumanji when they released that cast photo of the reboot, and there was just one female. There's like five guys, one female, and the female was in like a scantily clad outfit, okay? So, like, they got a lot of backlash from that. I saw that. Right. And then uh, The Rock and like some of the other filmmakers, they came out and said, just wait until you see the movie, you'll get it. And then I saw the movie, and it was still a very like an, like the joke was that she's inappropriately dressed, but it was just such a cheap joke to have this poor young girl dressed like that the whole movie. And how about me in the first? And you're in a blue a giant wait, blue sweater. The, the no, whole movie. the sweater grew because it was <laughs> chenille. Yeah, and it we were in water ninety percent of the time. Oh, so How about that vest? Who shot the couch? It's Remember that vest? <laughs> of course. It was like a, an upholstered, I had an upholstered uh, a torso. Yes. <laughs> and jewelry, and then that little braid, the uh, lurch, yeah, you know, yeah. Robin would always pull on the braid and call for lurch. Anybody who knows television from the 60s will understand that reference. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, that outfit, and we were in those outfits for four months because yeah. the whole movie took place in one day. Basically, well, I mean that outfit seemed more practical than what the poor girl was that Karen girl was wearing in the new one. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And then Karen like, was kind of wearing Robin's outfit when he came out of the game. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right, actually. A little callback. Um, Somebody stole Robin's costume when we were making the Jumanji. We were in New Hampshire, came to the set, and like Robin's like caveman-type costume was missing. And then some kid's like at the craft service table, he goes, yeah, my friend called me last night and said his dad was chasing his mom around the house dressed in the Robin William outfit. And they're like, oh my God. And they went like went to the house and got the clothes back. But it was like <laughs> some local person went on the truck and just took Robin's outfit off. Do you still have the chenille sweater? I don't have the chenille sweater, but I just told the girls, my nieces that are here, the story last night, because there's, um, you know, we're talking about Robin, because there's a lot of pictures of Robin with all of us in my home. And uh, we were looking at the different pictures of Robin and reminiscing. And I said, I want you guys to know that in this box, I have Robin's shirt from Jumanji. And I said, it was the last day that I was filming. I was driving away in the car. And Robin yelled, I love you, B. And then he ran after the car like in a movie as a joke, running after the car like a romantic comedy. And I rolled down my window and put my hat on the window. He reached out and he got to me and the car driver slowed down. And Robin said, I love you, B, again. And he said, I just want you to know we're in this together and I would do anything for you. I'd give you the shirt off my back. And he goes, I'm going to give you the shirt off my back. And he took the shirt off and handed it to me through the car window. And um, that was just one of our moments. And I still have that wow. that shirt. And it just... Wow. Sweet, sweet Robin, my sweet, sweet He's friend. A genius. I mean, a genius. And this is the he worst. He had a good heart, too. This is the worst transition ever, but what's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Oh. <laughs> I, ask I just every, I ask love watching Mariah be interviewed. Yeah. That's probably even, but you know, she's Did you so ever interview talented. her on? Did you have No, I never interviewed oh, her, yeah. but I did see Glitter. Sure. Several sure. times. Sure, me too. Obsessed. Classic. I know. The classic. I, know. I was just talking to Daniel Levy, I told you before oh, you yeah, got yeah, here, yeah. and he was saying about how Glitter is such an underrated album. It's a good, yeah, it's but a it's also album. a good, I liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why? This is good. It was just a weird time. We actually talked, we did a whole mental health episode and she recently came out with right. her bipolar. God um, bless her. Diagnosis. I mean, I mean, it was, I think it was huge. We were saying someone of her stature and her generation talking so openly about mental health is so huge that I don't think it really got the, I don't know, like press or respect. That well, it, it should get respect. Mm-hmm. The problem, I think a lot of times mental illness doesn't get respect because it makes it. Um, less accessible for certain aspects of our business to make fun of it. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I think people like to m- make fun of her. And so if it's a mental health issue, they don't feel like they can. So they don't like they kind of sweep that under the rug. And, you know, it's always better to be understanding than to be understood. And right. when you understand that what she must be dealing with, it just changes it. Yeah. But and we know now fabulous. that when she did glitter, that was when she was first diagnosed. Yeah. So I just think it's a, a, an interesting time. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Um, but Okay, so I also just saw the movie Book Club. Another These transitions. Wow. Hey, how was it? <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, good. Oh, my God. It was so good. But so I was thinking, like, if you were doing a, a movie like that or, like, a four-person Something like Big Little Lies or something mm-hmm. where you were one of the four. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to cast as the other women to work with? Oh, wow. Blake Lively. Oh. Um, She's gorgeous. Let's see. Mary Tyler Moore, if she <sighs> were still here. So I loved her dearly. She was another mentor for me. Mm-hmm. Got one Claudette more. Colbert. <gasps> really? Yeah. She was brilliantly funny. <sighs> 
sincere, awesome. Do I have to do all living people? <laughs> well, no. That no, would be better. Whatever you want in this house. But Sonia. those are the kind of, I mean, you know, those are the people that I just love and respond yeah. to where you just go, wow, that person's good. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many talented women. I mean, Emma Stone, like there's so yeah. many great girls out there working and I love seeing talent. You should see Book Club because it's great. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about the poster for Book Club. <laughs> the billboard for Big Book Club. There is not a line. Didn't I say this when we were driving past in the car? I said, girls, look up at those women. Okay, they're all 30 years older than me. What is going on? Jane Fonda literally looks like 41 tops. <laughs> I know, but you know what? I always see when I look, I mean, she's beautiful. She looks yeah, yeah. amazing, but it's just so, I guess because being in oncology and being with cancer patients, you know, it's such a privilege to age mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't get that chance. Their lives are cut short and you just go, you know, every line of my face is I had more time with my family. Every, you know, this is about having, everybody wants more time with people they love. And so when I see those billboards, I'm always like, <laughs> we just erased everything. Yeah, and it always reminds gone. me of those wedding dresses when you try on the sample and they they pin it in the back with those big clamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, is that what's happening to everybody's skin? Do they all turn around? They have giant clamps on their back? I had to get headshots made and they were like, you know, tightening everything and the, behind me, like all my clothes, the photographers was like, your clothes don't fit right. <laughs> I was like... I did I this when I did clothes. the escape at Dunamore for Showtime with yeah. Ben Stiller. They, we were, on the, we're in a prison set and I'm like, we were rehearsed the scene really quick and I said, should I go back to my trailer? You guys are lighting. You're like, there's going to be no lighting. I said... <gasps> What? <laughs> I, I mean, quit. I had That's a wrap re- on Bonnie Hunt. You better believe it. I mean, lighting is my best friend. Yeah, yeah. It's like pull up a Buick and put You're- on the brights because <laughs> that is what I need. And all of a sudden, they're like, no lights. I go, Ben, this is fluorescent lighting. He's like, yeah. He goes, we want it really authentic. I'm like, oh my God. I have never been that authentic. Like it's too Not authentic. Even in my own too authentic. I mean, right now, if, <laughs> in the bedroom, the reason I need a gun is to shoot out the lights because... <laughs> That's my own protection, but it's really, it's no, no. And so I did that whole 10 episodes with the, Oh my God. Do you you have a juicy role in that? No, I'm an attorney. Yes. Uh, Patricia Arquette is the, you know, the woman. Will you get an Emmy? Can we start an Emmy campaign? I'm going to start the Emmy campaign. Oh my God. You're so funny. Um, Okay. Rosie or Ellen. Oh no! Who's the better talk show? Why? Host? Oh, you're talking talk show. Talk show. Host. I thought you say who's your favorite lesbian. No, favorite lesbian um, is the next question. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I just want to know: um, Do you like Rosie or Ellen better as oh, a talk show host? Uh, or I can't I answer think that. Rosie, no, I and can't. Let me tell you why. Why? Um, I feel like Rosie was a fan of pop culture when she did her show, and since, I love Ellen. I don't. I don't no, think, it's just different. Yeah, I don't. Ellen, like, I think Ellen, Ellen is Ellen is a formula. Amazing. It's very different. Yes, yeah. Very but different. I just loved how Rosie was such a fan of who she was talking to, and it just seemed like Rosie was a little more dangerous oh, because mm-hmm. that sincerity of she was going to be in the moment, and if she didn't like you, you're going to kind of know it. <gasps> really, you know. So I think that always adds a little element of the, yeah. that authentic danger of uh oh. Yeah. Let's see if she likes this person. Remember the Tom Selleck interview? Oh my God, the guns. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was a huge fan of Rosie and we always talk about it on the show. Yeah, I did that show a lot. I, I she was it. obviously very different on The View, but when she did the when she did the Rosie O'Donnell show, she just celebrated pop culture so much. I remember when she had Barbara Streisand on, it would be like a week long or Tom Cruise. Right. She was so they, in love with Tom. There would be like yeah. two weeks where leading up where you'd mm-hmm. see the countdown and everything. Yeah. And it was thrilling. I remember Barbara Streisand, she had like a book that she had from ever. And I just miss that. I don't think there's a talk show host now. Andy Cohen a little bit. Is like, but, but you know, it's interesting, Dan, that you say that because I worked with a lot of the same people that produced Rosie's show online. And the thing was, is that th- it wasn't so much the team that made that show, they were there to support it, but ro- it was because of Rosie mm-hmm. that it was the way it was. Yeah. And it was really a throwback to the Merv Griffin type shows that Rosie and I both. Yeah, loved. you guys both had a very similar yes, vibe in that way. You just really. It, it, uh, you, it, that was Rosie. But that you, was Rosie. You talked about respecting your guests, and it's the it, it's the same kind of thing. Because now I'm such a talk show junkie. I don't feel like any of the talk shows on really give a crap about the guests that they're talking to. It's no, like you got to get something to go viral. Mm-hmm. You got to make them uncomfortable. You got to surprise them. You got to shock them, or you got to be the giveaway show. Everybody's getting this. Yeah, Ellen, Everybody's getting that. I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I just wanted to do a talk show, and I love our talk show. I still love so it. Good. I still yeah. miss it. And what's so great is if I'm in the grocery store now, people come up to me and they say, can I give you a hug? I used to watch your show, and it's like they felt something, and I'm like, I'm glad. I, I feel so lucky mm-hmm. that I had the opportunity to even do it. Mm-hmm. And I have 
my mom on. You and made your mom a star. She Alice was, so is the best. You, you, you guys love God, her. Grandma. She's the best. Yeah, Grandma. She's so funny on the. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she was so great. No script, Alice. Yeah. No never knew what Alice. she was going to say. Okay. So have you ever played that game like Mary Shag? Yes. We, we do send on vacation. Oh. So you're not like killing anyone. You're just okay. sending them on a nice vacation. So let's do Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, and David Duchovny. Tom Hanks, Mary. Me too. I, I oh, shag Tom Cruise. I got it. Because I love him. <laughs> I know you would. Although David Duchovny, no, he's David's supposedly my, really good in bed, isn't he? David's my friend. Was, oh, I don't know, is he? Oh, well, I've slept else. with all of them. Yeah. So, I can, <laughs> so who was the yes, best? Yeah. Who was the best? They're very, very linear. Uh, would you ever do a like Ryan? I, I felt like a sand crab. <laughs> lateral, lateral crawls. <laughs> we'll, we'll go past it because I still have like five, a bunch more. And by um, the way, I never slept with David Letterman. There was a line there was in like Wikipedia a that, yeah. that I was on Regis. I used to fill in for Kelly when she would have the babies. And Regis said, oh, I saw you with Dave last night. Did you guys ever date? And I said, no, but I slept with them. I never dated him. Yeah. That which at the time was an innocent joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now Before the Dave thing. <laughs> But it's a quote on Wikipedia. Uh, no, we would never, ever, not one single solitary second oh my God, it's clear had anything like that. It, it really bothers me. Have you watched I worked his, so new, hard. his new show on Netflix? He's got like a I saw, series yeah, of the, where he interview. does the interviews. Yeah. I saw um, Barack Obama. Oh, I saw, no, I saw a piece of Barack Obama and then the George Clooney. Because right. George is an old uh, pal. Did you ever stay at George Clooney's Italy? Yes. Oh, yes. Is it amazing? It is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And George is a sweetheart. George is one of the good. Nice. He is yeah. genuinely one of the good guys. Yeah. I've known him from the very, very start of both of our theater lives and careers. And he is a true, blue, loyal, wonderful friend. He will stand up for what is right. He is sincerely that good guy. I love George. It's a, a shame that he's not good looking, though. It's I mean, sad. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Well, actually, when he was going to play my fiance in my first series that I wrote, The Building, uh, Letterman said to me, why did you hire somebody prettier than you? <laughs> yeah. he was. I just was Dave there. denies he said that. Because yeah, yeah. He, oh, I did. Uh, yes, he did. We'll add that to Dave's Wikipedia page. Yes, that, that'll be, that mm-hmm. be his quote. Um, would you ever do a Ryan Murphy show? Has he asked you to do it? I met Ryan early on in the Glee years, and I love Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. What are you kidding? Yeah. Um, okay, Ryan, let's do it. Uh, who's the funniest person you work with besides Robin? Robin is probably the funniest. Uh, Jonathan Winters, definitely yeah. way up there. Um, David Duchovny makes me laugh. David Allen Greer made me laugh. Tom Hanks and I, we did The Green Mile together. I don't know if you've ever seen the director's cut of it. I haven't seen it, but people told me the director Not said the it cut. was, we, you know, it's this heavy drama. Yeah. We laughed. Oh my God, that's amazing. Uncontrollably like kids in church. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> we could not get through it. We couldn't even catch each other's eye. So like, wait, is it in the director's cut? You can see. There is there a scene that they there? couldn't even use. It was, we oh, were in a church, okay. singing in church. <laughs> and the camera comes down the aisle, toward one pew after another. And it's, as it got closer to us, we would start to fall apart. And I think it was like 20 takes in. It was like, forget it. It's we. Yeah. And he would say to me, I blame you. I have never been this unprofessional. <laughs> we could not get through <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. So fun. I love Tom. Um, if you were working at People Magazine and you got to choose the sexiest man alive for 2018, who would you choose? And I, you can't choose me because I'm here. <laughs> who? Oh, yeah, oh Emily choice. loves that. Zach Efron's yeah. really sexy. He's handsome. Oh, I, Chris Hemsworth's my choice. Chris is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you a quick story of Tom Hanks. Yeah. When please. I was a nurse at Northwestern. Don't Memorial make it quick, though. <laughs> no, it is quick. I was working at the hospital and they were shooting the film Nothing in Common with Tom Hanks and Jackie Gleason. Okay. Okay, this right. is a million years ago. And I'm a brand new nurse and we're in the hospital and I find out that we're going to be filming on which floor. And I say to the doc, one of the doctors on my floor, I said, do you mind on my break? I'm going to run down there. I just want to see how a movie's made. I just want to be near it. I want to see it. He's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know? So I go down there and Jackie Gleason's in a wheelchair and Tom Hanks, the scene, he's going to be wheeling him down the hall of the hospital. So I kind of see Tom Hanks off in the background. I don't really get near him. And Jackie Gleason sees me standing there and he you know, I'm nurse. And he signals me to walk over to him. And he says, are you in the movie or are you a nurse? I said, oh, I'm not in the movie. I'm a nurse. I wish I were in the movie. You know, I'm like, and I said, Mr. Gleason, I'm so emotional. I could barely speak to him because, you know, my dad died when I was a teenager. My dad loved Jackie Gleason, mm-hmm. played Jackie Gleason music in our house all the time because he conducted these great orchestras. And 
um, grew up with the Honeymooners, so I can barely speak to him. And he's very kind. He goes, "Well, what are you going to be, an actress or a nurse?" I said, "Oh, I, I'm a nurse, but I wish I could be an actress too." And you know, talked to him for a couple minutes. Told me where he was going to be conducting an orchestra that night. And anyway, I went back to the floor, and all the patients are like. You know what? What happened? What was it? And I said, "Well, I got to meet Jackie Gleason, and he's going to be at this club tonight. You know, playing music, and I'll go there. And I'll come and tell you all about tomorrow." And the one guy, Rudy Debrevich, says, "Did you meet Tom Hanks?" I said, "No, I didn't." I said, I, "I probably should have had the nerve to walk over and get closer to him. I missed my chance." And he grabbed my hand and he says, "Well, when I get to heaven, I'll tell him to put you in a movie with Tom Hanks." Oh and I God. said, "From your mouth to God's ears." And it happened. And it, I played his wife. Yeah. Wow. All those years. Wow, later. that's I got chills. I know my, my all my guardian angels. Okay, I'm, uh, all of these transitions are the worst. What? What's it? What's it now? Shag kill. <laughs> You've got mail or sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. You're close with Hillary Duff, right? Do you watch Younger? I've seen parts of it. I mean, yeah. I see Hillary more than I see Younger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was. I'm going to tell a quick story, really quick. Uh, I was at the Share concert. And I saw Hillary Duff there, like uh, from a distance, and you were there with her. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know until afterwards. But I saw pictures of you guys together, and I was like, if I would have known, I would have like, because I just saw her. Sort of, I didn't say anything to her. We also went to Stevie Nicks together. Yeah. Who? Wait. So who do you like? Who's your like your favorite diva of all the like singers? Is it Stevie Nicks? Is it Cher? Well, I love Stevie Nicks. Love Cher. Um, I love all music. Yeah. I mean, and you're a singer too. You, love- you sang a little bit on your show. Yeah, um, I used to yeah. sing at the Tambourine Lounge in yeah. Chicago when yeah. I was a nurse. I made a couple extra bucks singing one night a week at the, the oh. piano bar there. So, uh, Would you ever do a Now and Then too? <laughs> oh, I don't know if that makes sense. To that was so too, fun. It was so I good. was making Jumanji when we did that, and yeah. Demi had this, uh, Demi Moore, who mm-hmm. I always make her call me Bonnie. Demi. Yeah, because I always yes. had Demi, and she's like, it's Demi. Yeah. Um, but she went to do this movie. You know, it was an all-female crew. <gasps> really? Yes. Wow. And she said, I'm going to do this movie. I'm going to use all women. Wow. And I said, I'm in. And I, But I was doing Jumanji, so I only had a few days. So they found this part for me to play mm-hmm. the mom. And I went in and improvised. Like We did like 12 takes, which to me gave me all on a DVD because they're all different. And I wow. saw somebody sent me the clip of the Miss Mazel show. Miss Mazel. Mazel, yeah, yeah. sorry. My mistake. A couple, two, three cups of coffee. <laughs> oh. But they sent me a clip of her. I improvised a with the daughter and now and then about the oh. every woman has a garden yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know man comes along with the hose to water the garden and I guess she does the same oh she does the bit in the they show they sent me a wow. clip of her similar I've been thinking about what you ask me about sex yes dear <laughs> you say that very casually it's very scary for mommy it's like somebody going boo ah that's what sex is I'm sorry mommy well it's alright fine. I believe you're too young to be informed, but since your friends are trash mouths, I think you should hear it from me. The facts. This is going to come as a shock to you, but this is a flower, right? Okay. Well, all women have a garden, and a garden needs a big hose to water it. Or a small hose, as long as it works. You know? I feel like that movie was so impactful for young women and gay men, right? Whitney's like... It changed my life. Yeah. Was, Did you love Now and Then? I watched it every sleepover. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that is my one big repeat. I remember watching it in secret as a young, closeted gay boy. Like, it was seeing these w- women. Did you notice a big difference having an all-female crew? Did it make things better? It was just... I feel like it would. It was just good. Yeah. You know, it was a great... I mean, Demi was really, you know, at the forefront of trying to make that happen. Yeah. Well, Bonnie, that's Goldie all Hawn I have too. for you. Goldie did a lot of that. Oh, I love Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn's great. She was producing and doing stuff way ahead of any other women doing it, so... Bonnie, I love you so much. Thank Thanks. you so much for doing this. This was, I was, I'm, I'm speechless. Thank Danny, you. I'm a big fan and I uh, know that there's the best is yet to come for you. Uh, All good things. Honey, I love you. And Whitney, make sure you mark that so we can Whitney. export that clip <laughs> so I can replay it. It's going to be my new ringtone. You're a sweetheart, Whitney. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Thank you, Bonnie. Who are and, oh, and giving where, me the finger. Where, I know they're off screen. Um, where can people find you on social media? Oh, on Twitter, I'm Bonnie Hunt underscore real. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it? Yes. Yeah. And the same thing on Instagram. Yeah. I'm kind of new to Instagram. Yeah. I don't have 
many followers. Just my family well, that we're, creates. You're going the, to now. <laughs> you're going to. No, I love it. I love. I yeah. love social media. I love connecting with people. I, it's really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Olivia. Thank you. Love you, Danny. my God, you guys, wasn't Bonnie great? Oh my God, I had the time of my life. I feel like I'm on cloud nine. I'm literally giddy. I'm giddy. I tried to not let the nerves get the best of me. I did my best. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Again, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. I'm also on that book cameo website now. So if anyone wants a video shout out or birthday greeting, anything you want, I'm over there. So just go to bookcameo.com and look for Danny Pellegrino. (laughs) So gross, right? Please join our Facebook group. Just search Everything Iconic. For bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Again, that's patreon.com slash everything iconic for bonus episodes of the show. Thank you to Samsung Technologies. Thank you to Whitney. Thank you everyone for listening and for spreading the word about the podcast. It's so, it's, moves me. It moves me. So please go rate and review if you get a chance to on iTunes. I love you. That's all. I'm sorry for asking for so much. I love you all so much for listening. Bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 